you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here, Move the Sticks. A day after Drew Brees breaks a big record there, pulled by Peyton Manning for the most passing yards in NFL history. So fun, uh, fun Monday night game there last night, Buck. Did you get a chance to see it? I did get a chance. I mean, he was just throwing it all over the yard. He was having his way with the Redskins. Uh, it's a fantastic accomplishment. Um, Drew Brees was in the first class that I scouted because that's the Michael Vick draft. And I just remember, uh, man, the standards in terms of how we evaluated quarterbacks back then, anyone close to six foot or under, you really couldn't give a big grade to. So for all the things that Drew Brees accomplished at Purdue, um, the highest we could go was a second-round grade. And so now to see the league, I mean, almost 20 years later, Baker Mayfield is the number one overall pick. Drew Brees is the all-time leading passer. I wonder, going into next year's draft, if we begin to kind of wipe away those standards and measurements that we kind of made as the Mendoza line for quarterbacks, if we wipe that away because now the most prolific passer in football is a guy that is at the borderline when it comes to the six-feet mark. And we used to say, okay, well, that Drew Brees is an anomaly. Well, then Russell Wilson came around, and now Baker Mayfield, Mayfield is coming around and playing We've well. Case and Keenum get paid, you know, whether or not, you know, he's, a, he's not a premier quarterback, but, but he can play. He's, he's, a starting, so he's a starting quarterback in the league, yeah. He definitely uh, definitely did change the standard there when you look at that, uh, that position. Um, and to me, I just think the thing I think about Brees, I get a chance to see him work out in the offseason. Uh, I go down to San Diego, and, and my son works out in the same, uh, same gym there. So I get a chance to just see him, and he's in there with Sproles, uh, working in there with Todd Durkin and Todd's who, who trained Ladanian Tomlinson throughout his career, um, but man, he just he just gets after it. This is to me the the impressive part of this whole deal is the longevity and the way he's taking care of himself and the standard, the level of play really hasn't dropped. He just continues to play at a very very high level. It's not like he's hanging on uh, just trying to grab some numbers here. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Absolutely one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, and the way that he is able to kind of spin it and play and pick apart defenses has really been a teaching tape for all of these young quarterbacks, particularly the ones that are undersized, to kind of follow. And we have been able to make these comparisons to – Drew Brees for these smaller quarterbacks. When Russell Wilson came out, we talked about the Drew Brees factor, and now we have Baker Mayfield, who we're comparing to Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. He has set the standard for what I call the six-foot quarterbacks. He is giving a blueprint to evaluators to figure out how to get an undersized guy into the league if he has some special talents because say what you want to about Drew Brees, he does have some special talent when it comes to his arm talent and his accuracy. I don't know if we've seen a more accurate quarterback enter and play in the league for such a long time no it's a great point there buck i should mention the folks by the way we've got coming up we're going to get into our, our college football recap recap some of the big storylines uh from the week in college football also our interview uh we like to keep up with uh, with jim Nagy, who's the i believe the executive director of the uh, reese's senior bowl is the title there uh jim joins us uh once a month here to talk uh, some players he's seen also talk some nfl topics have a good chat with jim Nagy a little bit later on 
uh, in the show. But before we get there, G Suite is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. These tools improve your work life both in terms of your experience and the outputs you create. Hence the new campaign, Make It With G Suite. You know when you have 20 identical versions of a document labeled final and no clue which is the latest? So you make another version and you name that one final final, right? Well, with G Suite by Google Cloud, a range of work apps like Gmail, Docs, and Slides let you make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of a version after version of a project. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. To find out more G Suite's productivity tools, visit gsuite.com. That's gsuite.com. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. All right, Buck, uh, another thing I want to hit before we get to the college. I was just thinking about this, and, and we were talking about this offline, just the impact right now in the passing game. We, we've seen it, it feel like we had kind of a tight end run for a while where the league was just so uh, so heavily involved with the tight ends, and that was the that was the matchup that you wanted in the passing game was tight ends. And now it seems like when I watch games around the league each and every week, Buck, getting the running backs in the passing game, their layups, their easy completions, and uh, you see it each and every week, some of these – easy completions that turn themselves into 40, 50, 60-yard touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. You're beginning to see what I call the impact of the 7-on-7 game on this next generation of running backs. These running backs in high school now are catching the ball uh, more than they have ever have. And so we're getting guys in college and into the league that are skilled route runners and playmakers in the passing game. And so offensive coordinators are taking advantage of those skills. We've seen these guys, Tariq Cohen, Alvin Kamara, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley was drafted high because of his ability to impact the game as a receiver. Offensive coordinators are now knowing that they can create and exploit the biggest matchups by using their running backs on linebackers and DBs in space, and they're elevating the play of their young quarterbacks by having them target the guys that are closest to them, tight ends and running backs, really taking advantage of that part of the passing game. I just see it each and every week doing these Charger games with what they do with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, getting them, you know, Phillip Rivers just takes those layups all day long. You look at Drew Brees, who we talked about a little bit earlier, what he has with those two backs – to get them going in the pass game. It just really is a quarterback's best friend, and there's there's very little risk in any of those throws. Uh, you're going to complete it, and you make one guy miss, you turn a five, six-yard gain into a 30, 40, 50-yard gain. You see what Christian McCaffrey doing it. You mentioned Saquon Barkley, these young backs that can do it. And to me, when I'm looking at these rookie quarterbacks, these young quarterbacks, really first two-year quarterbacks, being able to surround them, not even just one guy, having a couple backs that you can get the ball to. Man, if you're team building, I think that's uh, that's the area I would definitely invest. I think that's the area that you have to invest in. You have to be committed to making sure that you can find a playmaker that can handle the running responsibilities but also impact the passing game because the way the game is trending, you have to be able to throw it. You have to be able to throw it all over the yard. Throwing to the running back gives you an opportunity to use the passing game as a running game like Bill Walsh did with the San Francisco 49ers for years and years on end. Yeah, no doubt. I, I just think it's uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on as you're looking towards the draft and free agency, finding some guys out of the backfield that can help your quarterback out. Uh, I definitely think you'll see that continue in the NFL. Let's get to some college here real quick here, Buck. Uh, last week, uh, man, I, I thought really kind of the most entertaining game and probably the most important game was uh, was Texas finding a way to hold on and uh, and beat Oklahoma. But when you watch that game, uh, man, Texas got a good-looking big corner. Um, they've got a good-looking secondary, really, some young players back there as well that are kind of intriguing. And I thought Kyler Murray, after kind of a slow start there, you just did see how explosive uh, he can be, both with his arm and his legs. Yeah, you certainly saw how explosive he can be. And I think um, the big thing with Kyler Murray is just, man, you, you look at this offense that 
uh, Lincoln Riley runs. Having an athlete like a Kyler Murray, a guy that is a difference maker, uh, not only as a runner but as a thrower, I don't know if we've ever seen anybody like that. I've never seen anybody who is that prolific as a runner who can be that explosive but is really a polished passer. He's a unique talent to look at. I think the other thing, when you look at Texas, I think the one thing that has paid off for Texas, Tom Herman made a commitment to make them Texas tough, to make them a very, very tough and physical team. And it all starts with their quarterback, Sam Ellinger. Sam Elgin running some of those single-wing snaps, some of those direct snaps, getting those third and threes, third and fours, being able to convert the chains. This is a kid that I know from the Elite 11 stuff. We watched him. I love his swag. I love his confidence. He has been a really good find for them. He has kind of helped steady that offense. And what you're seeing now from Texas, Texas is a legitimate team, not necessarily a contender, but they're certainly making strides, kind of putting themselves in a position where you can see in a year or so they're going to be a team that we talk about. And Texas just plays tall ball. I mean, they play tall ball on the outside <laughs> with the size they have at receiver. We used to we used to say that the one year uh, uh, was in Cleveland. We were ten and six with Derek Anderson, who was six foot six, throwing to to Braylon Edwards and, and Kellen Winslow and Joe Juravicious. It was just there were six four guys all over the all over the field. We just kind of played above the head uh, of everybody else. And when I watch Texas, I kind of see that same thing. No, you're absolutely right. Um, they throw it up. They give their guys an opportunity to make plays. Um, they do a good job. The, the kid, I can't remember his last name, but Lil Jordan. Lil oh, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Humphrey. Lil Jordan, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Humphrey. He makes some plays, man, like second week in a row because I watched him versus Kansas State and I watched him uh, obviously against Oklahoma. Guy makes some plays. He has some talent. Texas has some big, intriguing Colin Johnson, big dude too. On the outside for sure. Um, and then uh, a couple more games to go through here real quick. Notre Dame on the on the road, big game for them, big win over Virginia Tech. And and talking to some guys that have been through Notre Dame, scouts have raved about the, the defensive talent they have there in the trenches, specifically in, in Tillery, how excited they are about him. Um, got a good-looking running back there in Dexter Williams. So uh, they, they've got a talented team there. And I think it's – it's we talked about it, I think, the other day, just how uh, Brian Kelly, that loss to Alabama in the National Championship kind of changed how he built his team. Absolutely. And they are, they are a big physical team on both sides. They are big, they're physical, and I think he has built them the right way. And – uh, I'm not quite ready to say that if they had to line up against Alabama, they could go toe-to-toe. But physically, can this year. physically, when they get off the bus, they look like one of those heavyweight teams. And I think that experience really changed the way that he went about building his team because look at their wideouts. Their wideouts, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, all big dudes. You talk about being able to play tall ball, alley-oop ball on the perimeter. They're big. Their cornerbacks are big. They are just a big physical team. These teams look like NFL teams, which is why Alabama – Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, they're able to kind of separate themselves from the pack because they look like Sunday football players. All right, last one here. Stanford, man, they got smashed at home by Utah. Bryce Love did not play in that game. K.J. Costello threw for a ton of yards but had some turnovers. And for me, for my money, Buck, and when you look at you know the mm-hmm. challenge, I guess I would say, uh, at recruiting to Utah versus being able to recruit at one of these other California schools or, you know, Washington or Oregon where they have all the bells and whistles. Well, to me, Kyle Whittingham, I, I just – he's done a phenomenal job at Utah, and they win, you know, consistently every year. And I haven't won huge in terms mm-hmm. of winning the Pac-12 since they came in there. But I, I just always think about, man, I would love to see him get an opportunity. Put him at a Texas. Put him, 
you know, at, at an Oklahoma, a, a UCLA, maybe, USC, one of those powers, and see what this guy can do, man. He can coach. He can't coach him. But, but maybe this is his sweet spot. Maybe his sweet spot is just being able to kind of take those guys um, in their program, kind of load them up, and then kind of develop them and do it the way they want to do it. The one thing I will say, man, they get after it. They are a very physical football Stanford team. Stanford had 42 yards rushing. They haven't been really able to rush it much this whole year. I know Bryce Love didn't play in this one, but even with Bryce Love, they hadn't been real consistent in the run game. No, they 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 really hadn't. Like it, they're lucky they aren't three and three right now, truthfully, because Oregon spit the bit and fumbled that game away. They'd have they'd be three and three right now. Yeah, they're not the same. They're not the same. They certainly don't dominate people the way they used to. Like one of their biggest advantages used to be that they were uh, the most physical team on the block in the in the Pac-12. Most teams didn't play like that. Everyone was spread and finesse. And what you're seeing, teams are catching on to that, and they're matching their physicality and out-athleting them. And so it's a problem for Stanford. Uh, I'm curious to see how they continue to evolve because right now they play with the big guys, but they don't have a lot of speed. And if you can't overwhelm people with your physicality and toughness and you can't outrun them, it is hard to win games. All right, before we get to uh – our chat here with Jim Nagy. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You handle everything online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com sticks, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked pack- packaging. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that most guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's easy to take care of. For a free online visit, go to roman.com slash sticks. That's roman.com slash sticks for a free online visit. Get roman.com slash sticks. All right, Buck, let's get to our good buddy Jim Nagy from the Reese's Senior Bowl. Uh, Joins us on here once a month. Always enjoy our conversations with Jim. Jim, it's great to have you back on, man. But before we get to uh, get to the college game, talking about some of these Senior Bowl prospects you've been out on the road and seen, I, I want to hit you up on one topic that me and Bucky have been kicking around and talking about a little bit off the air, uh, and that is the trades, trade situation in the NFL. Now, we've seen uh, we've seen some trades take place. Obviously, the big Khalil Mack trade took place uh, not too long ago. Uh, but during the season, it can be a little more difficult. We saw with Jay Ajayi, the trade to the Philadelphia Eagles helped spurn them on uh, to win a title. But just how unusual, A, it is to see a trade at this point in the middle of the regular season. Uh, but does it make sense? If you want to kind of get outside the box a little bit as a team that's maybe, you know, kind of find yourself in, you know, one win at this point in time, zero wins, you're, you're kind of looking saying, okay, hey, I, I might be able to get a pick here. Uh, or you're a team that's trying to make a push and add a little juice to your building, bringing somebody in. Just your thoughts on the, the trade situation at this time of year in the NFL. Yeah, you know, first of all, I think I think it makes a lot of sense depending on your situation. Um, to me, the best GMs are the ones that use all their tools to build a roster. So, you know, obviously everyone stresses the draft, um, but street free agents and um, you know trades. So, you know, GMs that are open minded that way. But as you guys know, depth is so critical, and you can you can prepare as best you can. Um, but it's just impossible to account for some of the injuries that you know you get hit with. I know. Two years ago in Seattle, um, I think we had 23 guys run the football for us. I mean, it was a ridiculous number. Wow. So it's 
So, you know, there's just such an attrition on your roster, and, and sometimes midseason, um, the only way to address it is via trade. I mean, really, once you get go- cranking up in the season, and if you're a team that's got one of the, uh, you know, the low picks in terms of the uh, street free agents, if you're, a, if you're a team with a good record and you feel like you need to make a move, then, you know, that's really really one of your only avenues. And I think that uh, I think you always got to look at, it, where the decision makers are too you know if they're if they're on a hot seat they feel like they need to make a move um if there's job security um i think those things play in the play in the uh, factor too it's funny because obviously you come from the college side having spent that there's some gms that just have a tough time uh parting ways with picks when it comes to trade uh in your experience um how do you weigh when i would give up a pick for a player versus, you know what, we'll just stay tight and we'll stay with the draft picks because we feel like we can get better in next year's draft class. You know, Bucky, I think one of the things, one of the benefits of you guys know this because you were, you were, you were both scouting when we didn't do a lot of junior work the summer beforehand. But I think one of the benefits of scouts doing a lot of college tape over the summer is, you know, people have their board, teams have their board set going into August and going into training camp. So you really have a pretty good handle on what next year's class is going to bring you. Um, so that's always beneficial to know, okay, if we, if, you know, are we even going to be able to address it in the draft? You know, do we need to go out and get this guy now? So um, I think that's, that's really beneficial, but I, I, I'm with you. You know, a lot of guys are averse to that, but I, I do think there's situations where, um, you know, if you feel like you're close, I know, you know, two years ago in Seattle, we felt like we were close and uh, we made the trade for Sheldon Richardson and, uh, you know, made the trade for Dwayne Brown. And, and you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't come together for us last year. But if you feel like you're close and that one guy's going to make a difference, uh, like you brought up the Jay Ajayi trade, I think, it's, I think it's a great thing to do if you feel like you're close. How about, how about I'm look, just looking through some names here and just tell me, tell me if you like any of these or if this makes sense. It could make sense for, for uh, two teams, a buyer and a seller. I do need to clarify, by the way, there are no winless teams right now. Uh, everybody's got one win, so that is good. I'm looking at some teams that could be in a rebuild phase right now, and I've grabbed some names. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. What what could you get for T.Y. Hilton right now is something that comes to my mind. Uh, how about the Raiders? We've already seen the Mac trade. You want to just go full full rebuild, full rebuild. Amari Cooper, for the production you're getting there, doesn't really match what the expectations were. What can you get from Amari Cooper? Atlanta, as this season's kind of soured, all the injuries on the defensive side of the ball – uh, if we're looking at playmakers there, they have some backs. Uh, maybe would you part with the back? What about Mohamed Sanu? I know you, you're not gonna you're not gonna get rid of Ridley. Um, you're not gonna get rid of Julio Jones, but maybe a guy like Mohamed Sanu. Uh, does Larry Fitzgerald? Do the Cardinals do him a solid and say we're not gonna win anything this year? Let's give you a chance to go somewhere and try and you know hunt down a championship and get a pick. He can always come back and retire with you. Emmanuel Sanders, Lashawn McCoy. Like I'm looking at some of these teams, these bad teams that could just commit to a full rebuild. Um, uh, just your thoughts on, on some of those names and those situations there, Nags. Yeah, you know, the situation that's interesting to me, DJ, and, and I've, seen, I've seen Bucky post a couple things on Twitter about it, and it, it, um, it really bears watching, is, is the situation in Oakland. Um, because, you know, with, with Coach Gruden getting, getting all the power there, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this roster. You know, Reggie McKenzie, their general manager, you know, really I thought did a good job over the last few years trying to build things up, but – as you know, I know you guys have been a part of teams with regime changes and, you know, you draft players for certain schemes and then they just don't fit or they're, you know, a new coach comes in and he's not quote unquote their guy. 
So um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in Oakland because I do think there's some good players there that maybe they're not getting the production out of or falling out of favor, whatever the case might be. Um, and, you know, now there's a, you know, a new guy in charge of the roster. And, and to me, that those are the times I would be looking. If I was another team, I would be looking at that situation and say, okay, you know, how can, how can we get one of their guys? I mean, because they, they really look like they're in flux a little bit out there. So I think it's a situation that you could take advantage of if you're another team. You know, in thinking about that, this isn't a trade situation, but I don't know if many people know that the Oakland Raiders can get out of Derek Carr's deal at the end of the season if they release him uh, by the third day of the league year. Uh, they don't really have any big money tied to him. I wonder if you could see a situation where John Gruden says, you know, maybe I need to find my own quarterback and he can do it with the ammunition that he may have accumulated with the Khalil Mack deal. He could. You know, you look at it, Bucky, he's the guy that won a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. And, uh, you know, I've been a big supporter of A.J. McCarron's over the years. Um, I think he was good when he's coming out of a college. I, coming out of college, I felt like he was a guy you could win with if you were good enough around him. Um, and I thought he did some good things in Buffalo in the preseason. I was really surprised they traded him. Um, but maybe, you know, if, if John thinks that he can win with a, with a guy like AJ, maybe they, maybe they do make a move like that and then draft a young one. I, I don't know, but I didn't know they could get out of that Derek Carr situation. That that's going to shape up to be a really interesting off season in Oakland. So here's the thing. I understand why you say that, Nags. You live down there in Alabama. I'm sure that gets you a free meal at a local restaurant. Oh, my AJ God. McCarron oh, like that. But come I don't on. know why Bucky's been on this A.J. McCarron kick for so about? long. I, I just don't understand about? it. What am I missing whenever, here? Whenever he's played, he's been fine. When he played for the Bengals a couple years ago, he was fine. They begged him had, to win the job. He they begged him to win the job in Buffalo. Oh, he couldn't come do on. it. I mean, it was a loaded, he couldn't beat out Peterman. Oh, it was a loaded deal. And he got hurt. He got hurt up there. Come on, he just needs a shot. He just needs a shot. All right, let's get next to some college here. Uh, where, where have you been on your travels, man? I know uh, I see i got some of the teams listed down here. I know you've had a chance to check out uh, the LSU so far this season. What have you seen uh, from some of those top guys? I know we've got the seniors. that You're focusing on those seniors for the Senior Bowl, but, man, I know they've got some talented underclassmen as well. They do. The, the linebacker 40 is a really good player. But, DJ, i, I got to focus on these seniors, man. i got to get these guys right. i got to get these guys right. <laughs> Very, uh, you know, honestly, uh, truly, I, I'm not spending too much time looking at these juniors, and that's that's been the nice part of the scouting thing for me is that, you know, it really narrows your focus a little bit when you are just trying to look at the elite seniors in the class. But, you know, to me, a guy, uh, Foster Moreau, the tight end, is a really interesting player. To me, he's a little bit um, like Will Disley. We drafted in Seattle last yeah. year when I was there in the fourth round. And, you know, Will didn't catch a lot of balls, wasn't a big part of the pass game up there, and and really, like I was at their Auburn game, and the only pass they threw Foster Moreau was on a fake punt. Um, but when you watch this guy in pregame, and he's really a sneaky athlete. He's got really soft hands. He's a really he's one of the few tight ends that can get on the line of scrimmage and actually move people. Um, so that's a you know that's a dying breed skill set. So teams are going to like Foster. You know the back. You got Brissett, who's you know bided his time behind Geis and. And Leonard Fournette, and I'm not putting him in that class as a as a runner, but he's a big 225 pound. He looks like an NFL back. I mean, he's he's what NFL teams are looking for. Um, he's had a couple big games already this year, so he's an interesting guy. So really, those would be the top two guys out of LSU right now. You know, it's funny. I'm gonna go a little further down the list. I'm looking at uh, Mississippi State, and I had a chance to check them out on Saturday. Those defensive linemen they have, and particularly Montez Sweat, had a big game. 
What have you seen from him when you looked at uh, those guys down in Mississippi State? Yeah, I saw them play two weeks ago against Florida. And, uh, no, Buck, you, you're, you're, you're nailing it. Sweat's really legit. He's, uh, you know, he's 6'5". He's extremely long. I don't know what his arms ended up measuring, but they've got to be close to 35. He's, in, he's twitchy. He uses, he uses that length really well. Um, you know, he's had some big-time pass rush production for him. Uh, last year he led the SEC in sacks. And he's one of the, he can win one-on-one. He's not one of these guys that needs to be schemed to get to the quarterback. He can win off the edge. He's got some power in his hands. Um, he plays hard. He can really run. I mean, this guy can really cover ground. It's going to be interesting to see what he runs his 40 because when he gets out chasing, he can really cover ground. He's an interesting dude. Um, you know, the junior, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, is, is a you know a top 15 type player. I've, he's a hard guy not to watch when you watch Mississippi State tape. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons just so instinctive. You can't move him. Uh, really productive inside player. So without even focus, you guys know, like when you're not focused on yeah, a guy, you just kind of go keep going back to a guy. Like you know, he's a stud. So um, he's a really good player. And then on that defense, guys, the guy that really sticks out to me is the safety Jonathan Abram. Um, you know, he'd be a, he'd be a really cool guy to have down here in Mobile because he flies around. I mean, this guy's play style. To me, if you ever describe a guy as violent, I mean, that's the guy that I'm going to want in this game because he, he runs and hits. He's got that skill set NFL teams are looking for because at the very least, if he's not going to come in and be a starter right away, um, and I think he could down the line, he's going to be a great special teams player for you. So um, those two guys are really interesting off that defense. A couple quarterbacks you've seen. Uh, you've been out there. You've seen Jared Stidham. You've seen Drew Locke. Stidham, man, I don't know what they have up front in the offensive line this year, but uh, you know, from what you saw from Stidham, what stood out? and what, How about Drew Locke? Yeah, you know, I, I really I've, – I've seen Auburn play twice now. I saw him play Washington, and uh, they looked pretty good. I saw him play LSU. They got they were up 21-10. They got real conservative. I, I hate to question coaches because it, I grew up – my dad was a coach. I don't like to do that. But if I had Jared Stidham, I'd be throwing the ball around 40 times a game with this kid. I mean, I think yeah. he's a really natural thrower. They've got speed on the outside. they got two kids. Slayton's a junior. Um, who Darius Slate, and he's actually eligible to play in the senior bowl because he'll be a graduate in December. Uh, and then they've got a young freshman. Both those guys run 4-3, um, and you're not, seeing those, you're not seeing Auburn attack down the field very much this year. So, to me, I would let Stidham air it out. He can throw it to all three levels. I've seen him do it. Um, I just think they need to they – um, they're trying to force-feed the run a little bit. You know that Gus likes to be a run-heavy run team. Oh, yeah. I don't, know mm-hmm. if they have, I don't know if they have the back this year to do it. Um, but if I were them, I'd start airing it out with Stidham more because he really he's effortless throwing the football. I mean, I know, DJ, you played the position. You'll, you'll appreciate watching this kid throw the ball because it's just so natural for him. And then um, Drew Locke this week in South Carolina really was a little uh, – a bit of a difficult evaluation because that monsoon hit at halftime. And it was uh, – man, it was hard to get to the car at the end of the third quarter leaving that game. <laughs> you, you guys know scouts like to leave a little early so we don't oh, hit yeah. the crowds. but. I was leaving in the middle of that monsoon. But, no, you know, Drew's got a ton of arm talent. I was talking to a, a, a buddy this week, and he threw out the Jay Cutler comparison. And, uh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I mean, Drew can make all the throws. The problem is in that offense, um, it's really – there's not – as you guys know, that there's not a lot of apples to apples comparisons with that offense. I mean, they're still doing – I know they brought in Derek Dooley. Um, I, I don't see a lot of pro-style concepts. It's a lot of just, you know, pitch and catch stuff for him. So he can make all the throws. The arm talent is, is awesome. 
Um, but it was hard for me to get a great feel off that live look other than just watching him throw at field level um, and seeing the arm, which, which is impressive. You know, for those that – might be, sorry, Buck, I was going to say real quick, just, just for those that don't know, Jim, what goes into it in your job that you have right now, uh, run the Senior Bowl, in terms of just kind of putting your board together and, and the process that you go through as you try and figure out who, uh, who's worthy of this uh, invitation to the Senior Bowl? Yeah, so we, we, we created a board this year. Um, it, for me, like even right now, I'm just staring at it. So it helps me when, when, I, when, I do, when I do things like this or when I'm talking to agents during the week. It gives me a visual on where we've got guys. But um, what we're doing, I've got four scouts helping me out. You guys know all four of the guys working yeah. for me. Um, they've worked in the league for 69 years combined experience. And, and they're going out to games every weekend. And then the teams they see every week, they're – watching the tape on and they're filing reports. So when I get the grades in, well, that's how we're building our board as we go. Um, it's really cool to see it shaping up because numbers wise, it looks like we're going to be good at, at, uh, at every spot so far. And, you know, we've probably got half the country we haven't seen. Um, so to be this early in the process, first week in October and have it look the way it looks, um, I'm pretty excited about it. You know, it's funny because DJ uh, took my question when it came to the big board or whatever. Um, the question I, w- I was going to ask you had to deal with, like, the challenge that maybe we have on the media side. How different is it to go from stacking a board for a team versus stacking a board when you don't have a specific team in mind? Meaning when you had a team, you knew specifically what you were looking for at each position. How have you been able to shift your mind when it comes to the senior bowl when you're stacking guys and ranking them in the horizontal board and also the vertical board? Yeah, the, the, Bucky, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, it is different. It's different not being a, a team-specific or scheme-specific, but what, what we're really trying to focus on, especially at certain positions, um, is versatility. So, you know, we can't bring, just like most teams, I mean, you don't want to build a roster with, with uh, offensive linemen that don't have any position flexibility. But, you know, we're looking at guys that can play guard and center. We're looking at guys that can play, you know, some tackling guard. Other side of the ball, you know, we're looking at linebackers that can play inside and outside, um, you know, and, and edge players that can maybe play outside backers. So, again, we're trying to identify, I think, part of the role of the senior bowl and the value we have to the league is trying to help teams figure some of these guys out. You know, I've, I've been on the phone with some friends recently, and uh, you can hear the sirens in the background. Something's going on down here in Mobile right now. But, uh, <laughs> but talk they were just, to it's my, just a police presence, Jim. It, it, it's just a police presence in case you say anything bad about an Alabama player, A.J. McCarron specifically. <laughs> uh, they just come and cart you off right there. Hey, that, that's no joke. Um, <laughs> we get defensive down here of the, of the Tide players. But, um, no, you know, I, I got to be mindful of the fact that, I mean, there are certain players around the country, um, and I don't want to say their names because it puts their coaching in a question a little bit, but, um, you know, scouts are like, I, you know, he doesn't really fit for what they do, and I don't think they're using him right. So, those are the kind of players that, if they're if they're talented enough, we'd love to bring down here to let the league figure those guys out. Um, so that's really what you know. The, the nice thing, Bucky, is to make sure we have them at the great right grade level. The actual stack isn't as important, other than when we're getting down to the cut lines between the grade levels, and that's why we're going to have to get the scouts on a conference call. We're going to have to talk through some of these guys, and and you know if we're trying to decide if we you know typically i've got the average of every position in the um you know going back over the last 10 years so on average we've brought 20 offensive linemen down here so when we're talking about the 18 19 20 21 
those are the conversations where it's going to be tricky. Um, like wide receivers, it's 13.6. So when we get to 11, 12, 13, 14 at wide out, those will be the hard conversations. And um, because, you know, and that's going to be my role is these guys are out in the country. They're seeing everybody. I'm going to have to look at that cut line basically and figure out where those guys stack in that stack. So uh, it's a long-winded answer, but that's kind of, it, it is a different process. Last question for me, Nags, we'll let you run here. Um, yeah. What we've seen, let's get back to the NFL here real quick, uh, just from you being out last year uh, and seeing seeing these guys out in person, any any surprise at all at the success of guys like Derwin James and Darius Leonard very early on in their NFL careers? Well, I can speak to those two guys in particular. Um, Derwin James, no. Um, no surprise there. I thought he was an elite athlete. Um, you know, again, when you scout sometimes, you, you always got to be mindful of the environment you're scouting in. And last year, that culture in Florida State, it was not very good. Um, and, and I went in there in September, October, and November. And by the time I went in November, it had really gone south. I mean, they didn't have a lot of leadership in the locker room. And it just it just didn't feel right in that building. And sometimes that can carry over into – that can bleed into the whole team. Um, you know, but – Derwin had showed enough on tape over time and you knew what kind of athlete he was. This doesn't surprise me at all. I thought he was of the, of the players I saw last year, he was probably in the top four or five guys. Um, I graded Darius Leonard's been Darius Leonard's been a little bit of a surprise for me because you loved his length. You loved his athleticism. I can speak for myself. I was a little, a, a little gun shy about the lack of physicality in his play. Um, and again, I know he's putting up a bunch of tackle numbers. I haven't had a chance to look at the tape. I mean, you get, you guys both know sometimes guys are making tackles downfield or they're yeah. you know, making tackles in coverage. So I don't know where he's making all those tackles. Um, but I did really like the athlete. I like the length, but if he's playing downhill and actually being a factor against the run, then, uh, that would surprise me because I was, I was a little gun shy on the, on that part of his game. Well, four four of his tackles, Nags, have taken place behind the line of scrimmage because they were sacks. Uh, he's he's been uh, he's been he's been really good. And to me, like I I always I don't know if you do this, and I, I know I said his last question, but I'll hit you with this one as well. Um, you know, we talk about the importance of self grading, going back and looking at evaluations. We play a little game, hits and misses, guys. You got right, guys. You got wrong, and trying to learn lessons. And for me, like one of the lessons, maybe about five years ago, as we saw all those undersized LSU linebackers come in the league and have tremendous success. At the linebacker position in the NFL right now, man, it is run, cover, and blitz. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can run, cover, and blitz. Like, I became more forgiving of the guys we used to try and find when I was in Baltimore, downhill, take on guys, physicality. Like, that that kind of is kind of gone away a little bit in the NFL. Yeah, it, uh, and you're right. It, you really is. It's so valuable to go back and look at your misses. I mean, everyone can, you know, pump their chest about guys that got right. But, I mean, you, you learn more from your misses for sure. But, yeah, you're right. And that's why that's the value. And that's the hard part being a college scout. As you guys know, you get wrapped up in the college thing and you're watching college tape all the time. Sometimes you do lose a little perspective on what's playing in the league. And that's why I think uh, when young scouts are getting into it, I think the good teams make their college guys watch some pro tape, not necessarily mm-hmm. just, you know, as part of the pro pro project in terms of, um, you know, preseason stuff, but you really got to stay current. As long as you're watching your team and you're seeing what's playing, and you know you're seeing what's playing around the league and the style that's playing, that's that's really important with the projection part of it. I'm I'm with you. That that's been uh, 
because I when I worked in New England with similar system that you had in Baltimore, and you're looking for those downhill thumper, yeah. you know, Ted, Ted Johnson, Jamie Sharper type <laughs> of guys, and, and uh, they just don't make those guys anymore. Man, no question. Buck, Buck, I'll give you one more, and we'll let Nags run. Well, no, I know you have a big weekend coming up. You talk about Wisconsin and Michigan. Who are some of the guys that you may have your eye on? Yeah, there's a, there's a few guys. I really want to see this Wisconsin team because I haven't seen them at all. And on the Michigan side, uh, the running back, Karan Higdon, is a good player. You know, that, as you guys know, this is that's usually a position for us at the Senior Bowl that's a little difficult to stock because a lot of the big, big-time big running backs come out as juniors. Um, but mm-hmm. Karan Higdon's a really good player. Uh, they've got a tight end, Zach Gentry, who had seven catches for over 100 yards last week. So he's talking to some guys around the country. They're starting to be really enamored with Zach because he's a legit six, seven, six, eight, big, big target in the pass game. And then Wisconsin, I mean, I've gotten calls on their fullback. They've got three linebackers. Uh, I'm hearing a lot about this Van Ginkle kid at linebacker who really compares to Chase Winovich at Michigan. They're both high motor uh, edge players that get after the quarterback and, 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 you know, um, just really high motor dudes. So those are some of the guys I'm looking at. It's going to be, it's going to be one of those games guys where pregame, you're going to be busy. You're going to be running from one side of the field down to the other, trying to, you know, take your notes and, and see guys move around. So it's going to be, it it will be busy during pregame for sure. I get those body types. Uh, (laughs) Hey, Nags, we appreciate you, man. Appreciate you having you on. We're going to keep doing this uh, throughout the fall. It's man. I just love talking football with you and, uh, just the experience you bring to the table, and we're excited for you in your new role here. Appreciate it, guys. Buck, he's always uh, a very insightful there. I had to uh, had to give Nags a little bit of a hard time there with AJ McCarron, as I do with you. That's kind of my uh, that's my thing there. But he, man, it was a fun fun conversation. Talk some NFL as well as uh, as his role there with the Reese's Senior Bowl and trying to find the best uh, senior football players in the country. Yeah, I think his conversation about the big board was fascinating because I always wonder how. When people transition from working for a team to either working for the media or working elsewhere, how they go about kind of grading for, I guess, what we would call the league as opposed to grading for a team, he explained it in outstanding terms. Yeah, good chat there. Fun podcast today. Uh, A lot of ground covered. Looking forward to our next pod where we get our, uh, our college picks. Man, I need to rebound, Buck. Rough week for me last week, but I feel I feel a good week coming on. Me and you both, brother. My goodness. Oh, I didn't even, I had didn't, a rough, rough go. I didn't even see what I finished. I know I wasn't winning a lot of games, but it is what it is. We go on. This is the week. This is the week. I feel an unbeaten week coming. I mean, we all did. Uh, Kent stormed Except into the Kent. lead. He went 9-2. and two. DJ and I went 5-6. and six, And Bucky with a 3-8 and eight week. So, yeah, time yeah. to step up. Yeah, I know it was a yeah, lot of losses. I got to get better, man. I got to get better. All right, that's, uh, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening, for subscribing. Uh, for leaving us those reviews on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate that. Check out all of our videos, nfl.com slash mtsvideo, youtube.com slash nfl. And we'll be back shortly with a new Move the Sticks podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.